welcome. We're Phil and Jen, and this is season one of our podcast. It's called Imagining That Which Does Not Yet Exist. And this is episode six, and uh, this one's called Slow Your Roll. And the idea is uh, about pace. It's about our pace of life, the way that we choose to live and organize our life and how we go about it. Uh, We've had a huge pause with the pandemic. And um, depending upon where you live, um, arguably, we're coming out of that pause or we're not, or we're heading back into a pause. But either way, we're in a season where this year, you know, over the next 12 months, we're looking at what does it look like to come out of a full pause of life and how do we choose what pace of life uh, that we want to run at? And so that's what this one's about. Yeah. And before we jump into that, we want to just let you know the few things that are going on. Love to invite you into the first is we are doing a how to reimagine your life event, and there's going to be three of those. September 18th in Costa Mesa, we are going to have a food truck and drinks are going to be included at a mobile bar. It's going to be super fun. We'd love to invite you to that. And there will be another in Oceanside on October 9th at Rising Co. And October 16th, 16th in Santa Cruz, California. So jump into those. Um, if you live in the area, love to invite you to that. And then we are doing a Setting the Bible Free workshop every Thursday in October in Costa Mesa, California. And we are going to be hosting that at Pitfire Pizza. And you can grab some pizza, a beer, whatever on your way in. Afterwards, if you want to hang out, there's a speakeasy in the back of the restaurant. It's kind of like a secret. There's actually a secret door in the room that we're meeting in, which is amazing. And finally, in November, we will be offering a marriage renaissance retreat, and that is November 5th and 6th, and we are also encouraging you to stay through the weekend, through the 7th, in Carlsbad, California, and you can book your own Airbnb or hotel, or you can camp if that's your jam. That's not really, (laughs) that wouldn't be my idea for a marriage retreat, but hey, you got options. I'd love to invite you to join us to any of those things. And now. We're going to jump in to episode, episode six, six. Slow your roll. Okay, I want to start this episode talking about um, actually a story we talked about uh, in the third episode, Following Spirit. I want to come back to it. We talked about um, this fast that I did. And a fast is is simply uh, going without food for a certain period of time. I mean, that's what it is. And some people do fasts, um, like intermittent fasting is a, a big thing. Um, or there's like the keto diet. There's all kinds of ways people fast. Um, but there's also like a spiritual element to a fast as well, where it's like going without food for spiritual purposes. And and we talked about that in following the spirit when we were talking about spiritual experiences. Um, and, and I got a little bit into the, the details of what this one particular fast I had done um, was like from a spiritual perspective. And, and, and I hate differentiating this way, but um, I want to talk about it just for a moment from like the physical reality of what that's like to to like do a fast, especially a water fast. And so um, to go into a water fast is is like an intense thing that it does to your body physically. And um, there's a bunch of good um, study and and writing on this that you could get into that would explain it a lot more, but um, I'll break it down the best way that, that I can and that I remember it. So when you go do a water fast, it usually takes like three to five to seven days to kind of prepare for it. If, if you don't want to experience a tremendous amount of pain, because when you go into a fast, there's a great deal of detoxing that happens in your body. 
because uh, what happens is your body switches from feeding off of whatever you're eating um, to feeding off your own fat reserves. And there's, I mean, that, that's what the sort of keto diet's about is, is keeping yourself in that ketosis state um, metabolically. But um, this is different because it's, it's not like an ongoing thing. It's like set for a period of time. And when you switch over to that, um, typically your body's like hooked on all kinds of stuff. So like sugars or alcohols or like fats or, or whatever it is. Caffeine, Caffeine in our case. <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. And, and it takes, you know, five to seven days to get all that stuff out, like off and out of your body to where, um, you know, you're not feeling cravings for any of that stuff. Um, or like the caffeine headache or whatever. So then you you enter into a place where you kind of taper food off and then you switch over and you don't have breakfast and you just have water. And then like some people will even do like they'll switch to juice for a little bit and then after they switch to juice, they'll like taper all the way down to just water. Um, but regardless, at that point that you switch to water, your body will switch over entirely and there's like an intense season. It's this intense like three days where where you're you feel like you're gonna die feels like a season <laughs> well you feel like you're gonna die but um it's really just your body throwing a fit that it it wants food because it's been like a i think uh richard foster in his book celebration of discipline talks about it like your body is like a tantruming toddler that's been given three meals a day and snacks in between when it doesn't really need it and so you feel like you're dying and starving but you're really just your body's just on like an old pattern and uh there's it's it's, it's kind of the most uncomfortable intense period of like toxic cleansing because all of your toxins are stored in your fat reserves and as your body switches to consuming those fat reserves it actually releases the toxins that are stored within which is why a lot of people have like really stinky breath and like weird film on their tongue and stinky feet like stuff starts coming out of you in wild ways um it's almost like uh i was just reading that scientists are discovering new viruses that have been trapped in the ice of the polar caps and as that's melting like those viruses are being released again. Yeah, that's like, great. <laughs> right? awesome. it's, it's sort of the same idea. So, um, <laughs> Just what we need. Then once you move past that, it sort of goes through several phases of detoxing. There's the day three, there's the day five, and there's the day 10. And your body's kind of fighting you the whole time and you're exhausted. And then when you hit day 10, um, once you like wrestle through this detoxing, angry, exhausting. Which most people don't get to, by the way, right? <laughs> frustrating experience. I, I know a lot of people that have done 10-day water fast and they're like, I made it. And I'm like, dude, you just got to the good part. Because once you hit day 10, you're, like, your full metabolism shuts down and goes into hibernation. You, you're not hungry anymore at all, like none. And all of your systems that aren't necessary for survival, 100% shut down. So you're operating on like limited system functionality, but what it does is it releases your energy to all the other parts of your body. Like your brain gets super sharp. Your body continues to detox even further and further. So it's like super clear, super sharp, um, really present and really aware. Um, and, and, and your body is a, a, a essentially like radically cleanses itself and puts you in like a, a reset stage is the idea. And you can stay in that stage for, depending on your body, your fat reserves, just where you're at, anywhere from like, maybe 10 to 50 days um, I've read, but there's a, like a it's clear- crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And a lot of people just want to stay there forever because it's actually a wild experience. Oh, I remember. Um, you were, when you did it, you were, you had so much energy. You were getting up at 4 a.m. every it was, day. It was really weird. Do you remember that? It was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. 
and weird until the end and yeah and, and then your body clicks into like depleted reserves and and you have to like that there's clear signals that you have to come out it's like an intense hunger that's more like a burning and then you have to like come out but the thing about coming out of a fast like that physically is that it takes half as long that you fasted to come out of the fast so if you fast for 10 days you need five days to slowly come out if you come out of the fast you know for 20 days you mean whatever. until you're eating normally yeah to be yeah. like eating normally again um, so like if you come out of a long one, your first day is like you pour a little bit of juice in your water. And the second day you pour like a half juice in your water. And the third day is like a full juice. And you're like, what is this? And then slowly you add things, broth and blah, 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 all the way up to eating fully again. But here's what they say. This is the thing that's wild about it is your body is like a hundred percent reset. And so you have like a baby's digestive system like all your organs everything is just like clean and happy and um you get to decide what you're going to put back in your system again and so what's crazy about that is that um you can make decisions of what you're going to eat and how you're going to live and your body will actually tell you very very quickly what it works for you and what doesn't um i so i i got healed of rheumatoid arthritis during that that fasting season, which um, we talked about in the following spirit episode, but somewhere between like the crazy detox and the spiritual presence of the spirit of God, like that thing went away. And so for me, I I was like making these decisions of what I was going to eat, what I was not going to eat. And I'd read a lot that um, gluten is like really inflammatory, especially for people with rheumatoid arthritis. So I made a decision. I'm not going to put that back into my body because I'm going to ensure I don't take steps back towards that kind of lifestyle and pain. I got made fun of it. You know. Oh, yeah. You still get made fun of it. You make fun of me all the time. <laughs> like, oh, GF guy. But I don't care because I don't want to go back to that. It's like making these decisions of how I want to organize what I eat. But at the same time, I remember, like, I, I used to love Del Taco <laughs> and I missed it. And so you see Del Taco all the time. I did. It makes me laugh now. And I, I went back to Del and I ordered to Del. my normal meal. They're all, hi, Mr. Wood. <laughs> I got my tacos, Your my french usual? fries. And um, I remember eating it and it actually hurt so bad. Like it, I just doubled over. I remember that. You thought you were going to die. You were like, I think I'm I'm actually going to die right now. It was so painful. And I remember thinking foolishly, like, I can push through this pain. <laughs> if I have it two or three more times, I think my body will acclimate again. Like everything in my body like, is like, worth don't. It eat this poison and i'm like but i love it and i'm just gonna fight like it's this weirdest sort of thing and i we bring that up just because um i really relate that to like where we're at in this pandemic like we had this huge reset full stop everything went still and we fought it and kicked and screamed for the first whatever Mm -hmm. months year and then we found this sweet calm in it and now all of a sudden things are like ramping up or they will or they pull back or regardless of the next bit, things are going to open up. And we have this moment where we are reset and we have this fresh like baby's digestive system of time and we can choose what we want to do, what we're going to put into our life effectively, um, which is like this really sweet space to be in. And, and we can choose to put things back in that aren't good for us that make us freak out to bring anxiety that are unhealthy and unhelpful or we can choose to structure our life in a way that actually brings health and wholeness and 
and like joy. Yeah, um, totally. We, so we're essentially we're talking about pace is is really what we're talking about here in this episode. Slow your roll. And I know we keep kind of bringing this up, but we are in this super unique time where I think we get to evaluate everything. And so to me, pace is like a super obvious one when you're talking about like the coming out of this pandemic, because everything was slowed way down. And I think for at least for some of us, that was like really depressing at first. Like, I don't know about you, but for me, we were running like on adrenaline. And when you're running on adrenaline and you're just going, going, going to the next thing, next thing, next thing, and you're forced to like stop, it's almost like depressing at first. You know, I, I've even heard people talk about like, like weekends, people can feel really depressed on the weekends when they don't have a lot going on because it's almost like you slow down enough on the weekend and you're forced to deal with whatever pain is in your life. And I think at first, yeah, it was really painful. But then I think I was talking to some of my introvert friends and they were like, this is amazing. Like, I don't have to like say no to these social obligations or be forced to like go to things I don't want to. Like I get to just like be in my house and read books and like be in my PJs. And then for some of us introverts, we were like going crazy. But I mean, it's everything crazy. was canceled, you know, like events, parties, just even going into the office, like going to work, restaurants, church activities, like all the kids stuff, you know, just like being around people in general. And I think we were forced to get creative. And what one thing that was beautiful about it was that we were forced to get outside more. Like, I, th- I think that was one really cool outcome. But yeah, yeah. I mean, but but I mean, now we're going forward, right into this sort of post pandemic life, maybe, obviously, there's like the fourth wave, there's the Delta variant. Um, there's other nations that aren't opening. Um, not all areas are opening. I, I've just read about some school districts and other states that are having to go back to virtual mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, not everybody has access to vaccines and in the world. Um, and so we're in this, again, this like liminal limbo space. But um, either way, we're not going back. We're going forward to a new world. And whether things are opening up this very second where we live or whether it's sometime in this next year, like we're moving forward and this is something to really be like taking into account and thinking yeah. about as we reimagine like the life that we want to live. Yeah. So that we're not just stumbling into it, you know, so we're not just stumbling back into the pace that we were at before or we're like, let's be intentional about this. And I think we have this unique opportunity to choose the pace that we want to take on. And so really what this episode is, is primarily this is just a permission slip. It's a permission slip to live at the pace that feels right for you. And sometimes I feel like we just need to be given permission. Like, mm. like for me, I know it feels really good when somebody just says like, you can do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can. Mm. So this is your permission slip to live at the pace that feels right for you. And I think we are constantly having conversations about this with pretty much everyone we know where people are complaining about how busy they are. And especially right now is, is kind of like we talked about things are kind of ramping back up at least in our area. Yeah, and, and but like, yet, I thought it'd be different coming out of it. And it's like, yeah. yeah, but it, yeah, it, it, I think it's only going to be different if we choose for it to be different. Exactly. And then it's funny because I feel like we have those same conversations over and over again <laughs> with the same people. And there's no judgment in that. And I feel, I almost feel kind of nervous doing this episode because I feel like we could, you know, in six months from now, you could look at our life and be like, well, they're running at a really fast pace. And I think I don't, I'm like nervous that, hey, we don't have this all figured out. This is something I think, and this is the point of this podcast, that I think what we have to do is constantly be evaluating these things in our lives and and taking a look at it again and again. And 
I think almost like if we really get under the surface, sometimes it's almost like we secretly like going at a faster pace, a lot of us, because then we are able to avoid things in our life that we maybe don't want to look at, like maybe our pain or maybe like the stuff beneath the, the surface, you know, that when you slow down, you have to look at that stuff. And so, yeah, it's not that we have this figured out, but I think pace and when you get stuck in, in this thing where you keep finding yourself moving faster than you want to be moving and you feel stressed out, you feel frantic. It's something that you have to constantly be evaluating mm. and it can creep into your life. So there's a good chance that you've heard this message before. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we should all have margin and we should be able to care for ourselves and our loved ones. And, you know, we should be able to be fully present in our lives and at peace and centered and whole. But that, it's one thing to talk about these things. It's another thing to actually do them and actually live it out. And so that's why we're, we're talking about this again. We, this is something we will constantly be evaluating in ourselves. Yeah. And, and the th I, I think the thing about where we live, at least us, but I think the truth is just where society is. Like, even if it's something that you're really actively trying to do and control your, your pace and your rhythm and, and how you're living your life, like there's this gravitational pull into a really busy, fast-paced life, and it is really strong. And you yeah. almost have to like keep a constant eye or check on it. Um, we've just called it we've called it the vortex over the years. Yeah. <laughs> like you just get sucked into the thing. Um, we always use the example of that um, God-forsaken toy on the playground. <laughs> the bucket. It's like a small butt. I think this is new on newer playgrounds, but it's... But they look so fun. No, it's incredible. Like I still, every time I go to a playground that has one, I have to get in it. It's even though I know it's going to make me sick. It's like a small bucket that my butt almost won't fit in, but it will. And it's set at a weird angle that's just perfect that when you sit in it and you start to spin, it starts picking up like speed somehow and How momentum. How does it do that? It's off true. your body weight, off the angle and the spin of the earth. And somehow it grabs you and you can't get out. And he starts going faster and faster and faster. And the more you struggle to get out, it's like the more you're adding to the momentum and you start screaming for help. And like somebody has to come <laughs> grab you and pull you out of it or it shoots you out of it if you get going fast. It's this terrible thing. And, and it almost almost feels like that. And yeah. It, and it, what I found in my own life or the life of people that I've been involved with is it's like the gut reaction when things speed up in the, the vortex bucket is almost like to speed it up mm. to uh, to deal with it. It's like, oh, I'm going to add this or I'm just going to add this trip or I'm just going to add this. Oh, I'm going to binge on this Netflix episode. Like it's almost like we add, I'm going to have a one more social gathering to, to make myself feel better about this. Or it's like we keep adding to it to resolve it mm. and not realizing that that there's like a um, there's a, a bunch of YouTube videos about this now, but there's a really weird movement of people that would take their motorcycles to playgrounds and put people on merry-go-rounds and then lean the motorcycle over and put the back wheel of the motorcycle up against the edge what? of the merry-go-round and then fire that thing up and it would get going so fast that it would actually like airborne eject people out of the thing. I'm sorry, did you say that there's a movement of this happening? I mean, maybe it's just like what? random here and there, but it feels like a movement to me. A movement. Um, <laughs> It's almost like that. Like it's like just, that, huh? It's like it just speeds up and you get launched <laughs> out. And I think um, the only way for that to to stop is just to like be still. I think that's where the psalm, the psalmist in Psalm 46 says, be still and know that I am God. 
And it's like the only way for all of that to stop and to get under control and to come to peace is, is to just be still in the presence of God and recognize that you're breathing the spirit in and you're breathing the spirit out. And it's like there's this moment of breathing deep and recentering and reorienting. And it's in that place of stillness that you're able to actually really evaluate and reevaluate yeah. what's going on and what yeah. you're doing, what you're giving your life to, and then even what you want to give it to and what pace that you want to run at so that you're not just kind of being sucked along by obligation or expectation um, of, of others. And so we just want to encourage anyone that's listening to enter into that place of, of stillness and um, from that place of stillness, I think there's just a, like a few thoughts on how we're learning to slow our roll. Yeah. I love that bucket analogy, that toy, because it's almost like you have to, you have to get out of the bucket for mm -hmm. it to stop. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> you, it's almost impossible to stop when you're in it. Yeah. It's similar to our life. Um, so yeah, I think the first observation that we have is just that we, even though just the basics of life can be a lot, we still get to choose what we want for ourselves in our lives. And Hawaiians are the best at this. We, we just keep talking about how Hawaiians have perfected moving at a slower pace. And you can feel it. Like when you get off the airplane and you go to Hawaii, you can almost feel it immediately. Like there's just this slower pace and it's so beautiful. It's the only place I think that I've ever been where they have, you can actually get a speed, like a ticket for going too slow. <laughs> Like they, have, they have a speed limit and a speed minimum Yeah, that's on the sign. It's amazing. But um, when we were in Kauai and we had just stepped out of leading the church and we were staying at our friend's condo, we right down the road from the condo was this coffee shop and it was called Slow Your Roll. And it just felt like this beautiful kind of, I don't know, almost like a Homing sign to us. Yeah. We were like, God. this is our place. We're like, we should get coffee there. We just pulled over. Yeah. We pulled over. And, and naturally it took forever for them. To <laughs> the like, okay. Can you, <laughs> yeah. So we, we had these, they give you these really cool Mason jars for the, that you get to keep, which is like the cup that you get your coffee in and it says slow your roll on it. And so now at home we, we like carry around our, our Mason jars still because it's such a good reminder for us. Like, Hey, let's just chill and enjoy the moment. And our family isn't the best at, you know, we're not really wired no, that way. Um, everything brushes a race. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, actually. Brushing our teeth at night can somehow turn into a race. Which is really gross if you think about it. Doing the dishes. Like two minutes, guys. Two we, minutes. We have, if you ever look in our, our uh, cupboards, our little drawers where all of our dishes are, they're, they're oh very chipped and they're all mixed broken. match because um, we race when we do the dishes, apparently. Um <laughs> Sometimes we'll just be walking somewhere and without a word, we'll just break into a foot race and everyone will join in. <laughs> it's normal, right? And when our like kids every, were, everyone does this. were younger, they used to, they would cry if they weren't in the front, if we were like on a walk or a bike ride oh, or scootering. Yeah. It's like, like exhausting. We, we love to race. We went on a vacation um, on a road trip a few years ago and we were in Idaho staying at a friend's ranch and they had this really epic like grass yard out front of the house and um, we would be like 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 doing races in the grass like we're all hanging out at this little fish pond and then all of a sudden like we'd break out into races and it was like okay sprinting forwards and it's sprinting backwards and it's like a skipping race and a side <laughs> skipping race and a back skipping like everything 
somehow turned into a race. And P.S. Apparently, Phil's really gifted at skipping. It's a special skill. Who knew? I developed over the course of my life. <laughs> Smashed us all. Well, if, what if a skip race breaks out? You need was, to be prepared. There was to win. definitely some tears over that one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, um, yeah, you know, not all of us can be good at skipping. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, the the point is, life isn't about who can get to the end first. It's the, like, there's right. not a final destination in that sense like oh and i made it to my deathbed um it's like each moment is the moment that's before us and if we're always pushing to the next thing then we miss the thing that's right before us and often the very people um and things that are the most important to us and so um yeah i mean we get to choose the life that we want for ourselves and even if we're wired differently um it's like a time to evaluate and go, what, but what do I want? Yeah. And one thing that we found is that it's actually a lot easier to evaluate things at the front end before you put things on your plate. And I think one of the most empowering things that we found is before we commit to something, before we say yes to something, actually doing our research and like evaluating it. Like it's so much easier to say no to something on the front end than committing to something and then having to go back and be like, oh, actually, like, I can't do this. And we did this with one of our son's sports teams. We just, they were doing, a bunch of his friends were doing it and they all were like, hey, you know, there's like a, the first week's free, come check it out. So we did the first week free. That sounds fun. Cool. And then, you know, we were like a month in, he's having a great time. Then suddenly, like, it's been a few years and then we're getting into this and we're like, wait a minute, what have we said yes to? The practices were like, Four days a week, there's were, weekends, it in the travel. Dr- the drive all, was insane. Oh, next year we're all going to Italy for the, th- I was like, going to where for the what? <laughs> it was super expensive. It's like, we didn't do our research and then We he, didn't see where the thing ended yeah, up. Yeah, and he's feeling super burnout and it's like super high pressure. We're like, how did we get here? We were a few years in and we're looking at each other like, this is now dominating our life. I mean, it was, it was insane. Poor, our little one was being was drug around all to the all kids, these yeah, totally. games and- yeah, and but I think, it, but at first it was simple and it was fun and it was easy, but we just didn't look at how far that thing was going to go. Yeah, so I think doing your research and before you commit to stuff, figure out what you're committing to before you even put it on the plate. Yeah, I think another thing is like that we've learned is this, and this this is contextual. This isn't for all of life because I. Oh yeah, this yeah. I would prefer to say be a yes person yeah. to life, of course. But I think when it comes to what you're committing yourself to, perhaps start with a no. <laughs> it <laughs> sounds so opposite no, no. to like our personalities. But in the sense of like, if you get invited to something, yep. if you have this opportunity, like instead of like yes in the moment, it's like, well, let me check in mm-hmm. with my calendar and my thoughts and my spouse and like, Really take a look at if this is something that I want to do or add to my life. Um, Because even when you're trying really hard not to overcommit, you can still find yourself in a place of running faster than you want because you end up saying yes to a whole lot of things. And like the what we found for us is what works best is when we understand what our hopes and goals and priorities and values are. And then we establish those things and then like commit to them and calendar it. And then you're not saying no yeah. to a bunch of stuff so much as you've said yes yep. to the point of your full capacity yeah. and everything else just doesn't fit. Yeah. And it, it really works in terms of deciding and narrowing 
what you give yourself to and you don't. Yeah. This is why I also still have a paper calendar. I know you think I'm a dinosaur. It to do with this. Yes, it does. No, you just like to have a paper calendar. <laughs> no, because I can see I have everything on the one big Giant calendar in the kitchen and I can look at it and go. Drag it over and no. you're like, clear off the desk. We need to talk about the calendar. I'm like, well, my phone's right here. You can just look at it. It's like on the phone. <laughs> I have both. Right, right, right. Hey, I was trying to make a point. Yeah. The point is you can see everything all at once on the calendar and then you go, oh, wait, I actually have a lot going on. Maybe I shouldn't add to this. That was my point. Well, okay. That, that works. <laughs> Another way I think that you can know if you're moving too fast is really just to learn to listen to your body. And this can be a hard one. And here's why. I think that a lot of us have gotten really good at kind of like shutting that down. So you are tired and instead of taking a nap or slowing down your pace, you just drink more coffee or you know what I mean? Or you, you're all tensed up and your back's all tensed up. I mean, this is me. I'm talking about myself here. And, Super and specific. <laughs> instead of going like, why is my back all tensed up? The right spot right there. You know, you just are like, well, I guess I better go like get the hypervolt and have somebody like do my back instead of actually figuring out what's going on inside of you, you know? And so I think if you listen to your body, it will tell you. And even as we've started this new work, our bodies are not wanting us to go back to the pace that we were at before. Like pre-pandemic sort of pace of life. Yeah. And I think even though we've gotten used to ignoring these, these signals, a lot of us, when we find ourselves exhausted we've started actually listening to our bodies imagine that (laughs) and even like we we pushed back like when we were going to start doing this work because we were like hey we're not going to push ourselves to the point where we're stressed like we're just not going to do that yeah and man it's made all the difference and i think there's also different types of activities that require more energy out of you and it doesn't matter how long you've engaged in that activity it can actually still take more from you. And this can be anything from an emotionally exhausting, you know, coworker or relationship that you're dealing with of some kind, or if you're dealing with some kind of trauma in your life, which we're going to talk about another time, or certain types of work like creative work. Creative work just takes a different type of energy. And I think it's learning to gauge the energy output that you're expending to make sure that you're replenishing it. So it's not just time management, which I think you know, we all know about, but it's also this idea of energy management. Which I think is almost more important. Yeah, because you could do something and it takes a long time, but maybe it doesn't take hardly anything out of you. And then you do this other activity and it's you're wiped after, you know, an hour. soul. Yeah. Yeah. And so we've talked about that a lot, especially doing like spiritual work and pastoral type of work where you're, where you're, where you're like outputting in different yeah. ways. I, yeah. yeah. I think energy management is, is so critical in understanding what things are going to cost not just your time but also like your body and your your mental health and your soul and then that kind of managing all of that and figuring out even when to do certain things that that cost more energy and when not to do them um that's all such important stuff um and and i think the empowering thing for us is realizing man as we listen to our body we can adjust what we're doing in in like real time to be able to continue living in a like a healthy whole sort of way um yeah no okay not only that but um i think there's a like something to this of like reevaluating like a life work kind of social balance 
Yeah. And I think, I mean, so much we've talked about this before, obviously the work life thing has been thrown up in the air, you know, and I think people are really evaluating the way that they're doing everything. I I've talked to people who had, you know, a 45 minute commute each way to work. And now they're like going, wait a minute, now that I got to be home and I'm not doing that anymore, do I want to do that anymore? Like, there's no way I'm going back to that. And even, you know, if you look at like the amount of hours that people have been required to clock in, it's like, if you can do the same amount of work in less, do we need to work 40 hours in a week? And I know many companies are way more flex on this now than they were like, you know, 20 years ago. So I think it's helpful to step back and really take a look at all the things that we're giving ourselves to and evaluate it and decide, what do you want to give your time to? Because I think you can end up down a road where you're just going, 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 and you have all these things on your plate that you've committed yourself to. And you don't even, it's like, you almost have to step back and go, why? And what do I want? Yeah. I mean, have you ever mapped out how much time and energy like we're talking about that you're giving to things like the cost of it from like your work your social life to your calendar to fun to rest to margin to if if you're um have kids like the kids stuff um i'm there was this season sort of pre-pandemic when everything was happening at once like it's like the craziest time of life where we would have to sit down like on a Monday or going into a weekend and like bust out spreadsheets or like like multiple papers and figure out, okay, let's break up because we got to go this, 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 yeah, this. How are we going like, to get everyone to like everywhere? A, like spreadsheets to break up to cover the um, the stinking weekend. Yeah, but I know a lot of people that ha- have to do that. Oh my gosh. Like between this sporting thing, this game, this event, this church event, this social hang, this small group, this service, like just to get through and like... The funny, like, I felt like a victim. I'm like, mm. oh, this thing is oh, yeah, kicking we my butt. Like, about it. Yeah. But we created every bit of it, mm. and then we committed to every bit of it, and then we executed on every bit of it, and I was <laughs> exhausted by it. And I'm like, man, I, I can't stand this. I'm such a victim. And it's like, but we did the whole, yeah, like, crazy thing. I mean, and we can choose. how. Like, we don't have to be victims to that insanity. Uh, and, and, and even the same with how we go about our work. I think that's some of the beauty of the pandemic is a lot of people are realizing that 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 it doesn't have to be the way that it was. That's what all those stats were that we were reading earlier in the season because that can take a toll on you and you can decide. It's like, what are your priorities and intentions and desired outcomes? Um, I mean, we were just talking about this this week, actually, yeah. that our oldest son is going into high school next week as of the time of this recording. Which is just crazy. Insane. Us. Yeah. He's going to be a freshman. In a couple of days, which means we have four years left with him, which if you look at it in terms of with work and with school happening, we really have weekends together, which means we got about 200 weekends left with the boy here at home, which really means we have about 400 days left. I can't, I can't even. With our son. That's it. That's really like the time that we have in terms of like focus, let's hang out. And that's assuming we hang out every weekend from here on out, which clearly isn't going to happen um, based on our own commitments and his commitments. And obviously, as he's getting older, he's supposed to be continuing to expand and grow and um, enjoy that freedom and space that he's growing into. But but it, it makes you ask the question, like, am I going to throw away my precious time, such limited time that I have with my son based on other people's expectations or my own inability to manage my life? No. No. <laughs> yeah. 
And so we, we sit down to create what could it look like to set priorities and focus points and we try to calendar it and anything that doesn't fit doesn't fit and we're constantly tweaking it and we're constantly adjusting it and how we're spending time together and what works and what doesn't work and even as we create those things um, when we were first getting married we had a premarital therapist who taught us this thing that he called the Sunday night check-in and he's like every Sunday night you should sit down and lay out all the things that you're doing and committed to and giving yourself to and just check in and be like where are we at? Because it, it does require sort of constant tweaking yeah. and evaluation. Yeah. That was genius. That was one of the best gifts we've ever been given. Oh, he's brilliant. We'll probably do that. Something with that at the marriage renaissance thing. Oh, yeah. It's too good. Um, okay. Another thought on slowing your role is to avoid the shoulds. And you know what I mean, right? Like, I really feel like I should do this. Or I really feel like they need me to. And if you're doing something because you feel like you should, I think the encouragement is to just really evaluate what's going on there. Is it something that will bring you joy? Is it the kind of sacrifice that will feel good after the fact? Or are you going to feel resentful after the fact? And we don't have to live by the obligations or the expectations of others. And man, we have some amazing friends who have really, I mean, they are so good at this and oh, they man. have been... I mean, they've been such good teachers to us because I feel like we're more wired, like we want to please people and this is much, this is harder for us, right. but they are so, um, they're so like intentional about this. But what the, the beautiful part about it is that when you are with them, they feel like you are the only person on the planet. And when you're talking to them, they are locked in on you. Like you, they never seem like they're in a rush. They never seem like they're, they're stressed out, like running to the next thing. And man, that's something that I think that we can learn. I mean, we might not be wired that way naturally, but it is something that you can learn. You can learn to slow your roll. You can learn how to be intentional with your time. You can learn not to live rushed from thing to thing to thing. And I think it's in part just like we talked about in the beginning in the choices that you make in the front, right? When you're committing to things, when you're saying yes to things. So yeah, that's been something that we're enjoying is just trying to not live by the shoulds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a, there's a funny trap of cultural expectation. Oh yeah. I think I, I was joking earlier that I feel like we get like cultural shamed into insanity <laughs> because like where we live in Southern California, the culture dictates the pace and the pace here is extremely fast, like extremely fast where, I mean, when we were talking about where do we want to live and like one of the things we were wrestling with is is there somewhere with a slower pace mm. because it's yeah. so fast here yeah. um, you can almost feel like a weirdo if you're moving slowly because you can get like culture shamed into speed and busyness um it's almost like a remember when bill murray did that that late night show um like talk show when when he had this, this mustache, mustache and <laughs> this is what he called it and uh um <laughs> when he's being interviewed they're like so what have you been up to, Bill? And he's like, well, uh, silence. There's the <laughs> mustache. Like, yeah, nothing. No, and I'm like, what a weirdo. It almost feels like that. Like, like I, I constantly use that as my joke. And people are like, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, there's the mustache. And I don't even have a mustache. But um, it's that like, like you can feel more important when you're yeah. super scheduled and super busy. And you're like, I got seven jobs and 18 places to be and all these commitments. And my kids are doing all these things. And it's like... Oh my gosh, it's like you can feel so important, like these accolades, but <laughs> but like it 
it just runs you ragged and exhausted from that pace. And I think that's the beauty and that's the gift of this reset is um, this is such basic stuff. I know. I was thinking that as we were talking, like, it's this is all so obvious, but why can't we do it? Why are we all not doing it? It requires so much intentionality that you get to decide. We get to decide what pace works for us and to find like a sustainable one that won't like take you out or that won't exhaust you. Um, we're laughing. We're like, cause we, we took this long period of, um, sort of rest after stepping out of our last, um, role and, it's like we're coming out of the cave and as we're coming out of the cave we're like what do we want to what are we going to do what are we going to give ourselves to there's this new world and and we're not going back um everything is going forward and the demand for all of the stuff will start to ramp back up again and you don't have to give in to it it's like the fast i was talking about you got this sweet baby stomach when it comes to your pace and your schedule and your commitments and you're starting fresh, don't find yourself like smashing through, like I did with Del Taco, doubled over, being like, I know I'll acclimate. Don't find yourself smashing through a bunch of commitments that you just, your body's telling you that you shouldn't be doing, knowing I'll acclimate to the pace again. Um, you can just eat what's healthy and what your body wants. <laughs> you can give yourself to what's healthy and what works for you and your family and what your your life actually wants when it comes to your pace. Um, when we were in Hawaii, we, we actually we tried like three or four times to hike the Kalalau Trail on the far north shore of Kauai. Um, but because of there's so much rain when we were there at that time of year that it constantly kept getting closed down because of this, like the water falls and the, the river and everything was happening. Um, but we finally got a, got a run at it um, and still got turned back at the river. But um, our youngest is so funny because he's like a sprinter. And he, we would start this hike, and there's quite a bit of elevation and rocks that go up and down. And he was just out front, and he's just sprinting flat out. Ah! And he's just like, oh, I'm going to lead the way. And then he would just get so exhausted, he would collapse and just sit down on the trail and have to fully recover for minutes at a time. And we're like, okay, buddy, don't do that. Like, manage your pace. And then he would just take off again, and then he would be exhausted. And, and he got to the point where it's like, he's like, carry me, I can't even walk. But everyone else is, is moving at like a constant pace, and I was trying to teach him. You can't sprint and then crash and then sprint and then crash. It's like you have to figure out how to move at the fastest pace that your body will allow. That will allow you to keep going in a sustained sort of way. And then I was telling him, if you're going that fast on this trail, there's so many rocks and, yeah. and like boulders and things that, and like rivers and streams that like all you're going to be doing is looking at your feet the whole time. And you're going to miss one of the most beautiful views in the entire like universe as we walk around the North Shore of this island. And, and all you'll ever see is your feet. <laughs> and so like, it's like trying to teach him how to like reorient the way that he's going about doing it. Um, and I think it's the same thing. When we move so quickly and we don't slow down, we can effectively be living that same sort of way where we're just sort of staring at our feet in the next step trying to get to the thing. Um, and even if you, like, we were laughing with him. We're like, why would you bomb so fast to get to the end of this trail and back to the car and never actually take it in? Which would almost, like... Yeah, like, the journey is the destination, especially right. on a hike like that. Well, it, it makes you ask the question, like, what are, you, what are we running from or to? Or, like, what's driving us mm. into that pace? Or, like, yeah. what are we hiding from? Or, like, what's in how quickly we're moving or how many things we're yeah. taking on like what's 
what's beneath it. That's where I love the, the gospel stories of Jesus in the New Testament. Because this is like God who's taken on flesh and entered into the world in order to show us who God is and what God is about, like the true nature of the living God, a God of self-giving love for the healing of the world, a God who would pour himself out. Like this, the God who's taking no one's expectations mm. into account. <laughs> and yeah. if, like he was relentless. Jesus was relentless about slowing his role and yeah. having constant moments of si silence and meditation and quiet spaces. And he was always bucking everybody else's expectations of him in order to do what he knew he was called to do with his life and time, in order to give himself to, to the thing, his energy, his time, his efforts, to exactly what he was supposed to be doing and had no qualms saying no, had no yeah. qualms um, like intentionally setting his face to do certain things, had no qualms mm -hmm. saying I need my own space in order to be fully presently charged in order to give myself fully to this next work that I'm doing. People were constantly pulling at him and he'd constantly be going away moving at the pace that he dictated. And I, I just love that. Yeah. And I think we can look at Jesus and be super like inspired and encouraged that like while we're not Jesus, I think what we can do is we can purposely build in margin into our lives and in a way that maybe then we aren't, if you, again, going back to the front end thing, if you purposely build it in on, on your calendar, in your schedule, then you're not even having to say no all the time. You're not even having to like, to, to find spaces to get away because you've already built that into your life. And, yeah. and that's, I mean, and, and then hopefully it becomes natural, right? Like maybe at first you have to write it in the calendar. And for a while there, we would actually write in our calendar that we would have meetings. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> but they're really with ourselves. Be like meeting, meeting with Jen. Jen is meeting with Jen. <laughs> like, Jen in the spirit of the living God on a bench. Yeah. But I would have to write it in my calendar so that I wouldn't give that time away and then now I feel like it's become a little bit more natural where we're not necessarily writing that in. But in some ways we are like, and we're trying to, again, you have to reevaluate in every season. And, and right now we're starting a new season with work and doing this new fun stuff together, but we're going, okay, when is our, when are we going to have Sabbath? Like, when are we going to chill and have time where we're just resting and playing and quieting ourselves? Um, and so we're having to reevaluate that all over again right now in this season. And if you think about, as like a, I remember in school when we were studying, um, like teaching when I got my master's degree in teaching, um, they were talking about how kids need margin in order to allow the learning. So when you're in a classroom, you're learning all this new information to allow that learning to actually set in, you actually have to have margin in your life, which I thought was so fascinating. And that's not just for kids. I mean, adults are the same. I, I know that I can always tell if I haven't had enough space in my life, enough silence and space to process and to work through things in my life. Because what happens is in the middle of the night, I'm woken up by all those stressors, you know, by all the things that the unprocessed things that they will come to the surface. Yeah. And it's like those things will come out. It's just a matter of when and where you want them to come out. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're not going to allow space for it, it's still going to come out in your life and you're going to find it coming out in ways you don't want to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's something that we found in our life. It, it can creep up on you if you don't have a check on it. 
And you almost have to continually be evaluating and like taking things off the plate and going, okay, where are we at? And it's learning to yeah. pivot, which yeah. we'll get to in a few episodes. Yeah. And you get to choose. You yeah. get to choose the pace in which you are living your life. So those are a few of the things that we're learning, that we've learned. Um, don't allow yourself to be bullied or pushed or expected or shoulded into things <laughs> in a pace that you don't want that doesn't work for you. you. You get to choose. Yeah. So what pace do you want to run at? What's good for your soul? What works for you? I say choose health. Yeah. Choose wholeness because it's worth it. So slow your roll, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com, to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.